Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Kanda at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Did, uh, did you see what we got in the in the mail from a listener? Yeah, you know what? Uh, what Jason Dr. Allen. D- Dr. Jason Allen. Well, it, it from, just didn't say Dr. Uh, J- it just said Jason Baptist Allen. Theological Seminary, it just said the Jason president. Allen. Okay, fine. He's he's We're so close. Uh, and he's such a fan that it's you think it's informal. the same. You think the Jason Allen that sent us cigar posters um, is yes. is the same Jason Allen that is the president of Midwestern? Absolutely, they've been wooing us for some time uh, to to lead uh, to lead uh, the for the church conference. No, I don't think uh, that's they've been true. Wanting us to don't take the main so. stage. And I just know that's not. Podcasts. You know we're not main stage people. No, you no, know that. No, no, they don't. Uh, no one wants us. No, one not wants not us. main stage. So, uh, but hey, uh, Doctor President Allen, thanks for those. Thank uh, you, thank <laughs> you so much for those. <laughs> or, actually, actually, he uh, he he commented because I tagged him. Yeah, I figured he yeah, would say he like, that ain't like, me. He goes, no, he says like, hey, I appreciate your kind words, but no, it's not me. Like, ah. So, but thanks to Jason Allen, man. We have great listeners, and Jason is a good guy, and sent us this awesome uh, cigar poster. Hey, Jimmy, you got yours yet? I got mine. Uh, no, you haven't given it to me yet. And you know why? Why is that? Because <laughs> Jason said you can't have it until you're no longer an elder candidate. You have to be a full-blown elder to get it. Oh! Well, d- did Jason order anything online? Did he order anything from the store? You ain't getting know. that either. Well, I don't think he did. Dang so, uh, yeah. I think he's good. I'm going to send it to Dr. Allen instead. Yep. I got, uh, all I know is mine, mine looks good in my office. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how's your week been? Week's been good. Yeah? Week's been good, yeah. A lot of work, a lot of stuff, so just kind of... Trying to look, yeah, I'm just trying to look ahead, figure out what I'm going to leave next. Got big plans for the weekend? Uh, well, Michelle and I uh, got to spend Saturday evening together without the kids. They're gone. But uh, I mean this coming weekend. Oh, this coming weekend. You know what? I might. I might be gone. Michelle, what? Uh, you I'm can't a- leave. Jen left. Jen left <laughs> me and you can't go. So, yeah, I think uh, we're trying to figure out whether this weekend or the next weekend the, the boys and I are going to go do a guy's trip. Okay, do the next weekend. because nah, that, this weekend no, might be better because no. of the weather. My wife left for Texas. Yeah. I, I, I'm all by myself with the kids. Listen, like, man, I can't help you. All I know no. is uh, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my kids. Pat's so. at For the Church this weekend. Yeah. He's at the For the He's Church conference. I'm going to be all by myself. Conference. Yep, yep. You're all, what? What do you want you're me to do? You're staying. You're playing around. You're no, staying. I'm, not, I'm actually not yeah, playing no, around. You're playing. I'm not quite you're sure, playing. though. Yeah. All right. So um, we've been doing our, our five kinds of Calvinist series. Yeah. Yep. So just in case, just so anyone knows, I might be heading to Kentucky or Alabama. I will next, let not you know. This weekend, but next week. I will let you know, and hopefully we could uh, meet up and uh, in help, two weekends help from me now. find a church. Not this Saturday, with, but the following Saturday uh, on the Sunday. Lord's Day. So All I will right. let you know. 20th, the 30th, and the 31st. That's what Jimmy's talking about nope, right nope, there. Nope, nope, nope. All righty. So the uh, the five kinds of Calvinists. We what have we talked about, Jimmy? We uh, talked about the the bad Calvinists. Talked about okay, bad. We talked about new Calvinists first. That's new Calvinists, what it was. Bad Calvinists. Half calf, half calf Calvinist, and now we are talking about the straw man Calvinist, the straw Calvinist, the so, straw Calvinist, the straw Calvinist uh, is what it sounds like if you're familiar with uh, um, uh, traditionalism or internet debate, because there's always a straw man involved. Um, uh, so the straw man argument is that uh, is the idea that you are arguing against not the actual position. Or argument from your uh, from the opposing side, yeah. uh, but you are arguing against your inaccurate construction of that argument, uh, which does not actually accurately reflect the the views or the beliefs 
or the arguments uh, of your opponent. And so um, this this is something that comes up quite a bit. People say, oh, I, um, I don't like Calvinists and Calvinism because they believe X, Y, and Z. And when, in fact, when you pay close attention, Calvinists do not believe those things. That yeah. Now, yeah. listen, we believe some stuff that people don't like, and they, they're very accurate. They can say, oh, you believe in yeah. limited atonement, and we reject limited atonement, and this is why, and that's fine. We, I, I, we have no problem debating people or disagreeing with people and uh, all of that, but the, the straw man thing frustrates me a little bit. Yeah, and it's not just with Calvinists. It's it's oh, with yeah. you know with any other Calvinists theolo- do it to traditionalists exactly, as well. Sure. Exactly with any other theological bent. Uh, but I think the frustrating part is because you are you're not actually engaging with uh, with the object or the 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 point at hand. You've yeah, I think the word you used was misrepresented. I think that's like the best case scenario. Best case scenario, it's a misrepresentation. Right. Worst case scenario. Uh, you're a liar. You're a liar. Yeah, and I, I don't know what's the word that. Like you, you know that that's not true. Right. Uh, but you're going to, for the sake of pride, yeah, and to win an argument, going to construct this. So ignorant or lying? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for str- I, for there to be a straw man argument, you must be one or the other. Somebody is made, somebody is either ignorant. Yes. Of and the when facts. we say, and I know when we, we we mentioned that word ignorant before, and I know we yeah you use that a lot. Well, <laughs> you, but you know we're not meaning like it in the way word. of like you know. We're not saying they're dumb. Yes. Wait, we well, are. We're not. No, no, no. We're not. I said we're, we're said, not we're saying not ignoramus. Saying, yeah, we're, not, we're not saying they're dumb. We're saying they're ignorant, which means uninformed. They don't have the information. Don't have the and knowledge. they have not read. That's all. All right. Anything. No, not that anything. They might have read <laughs> no. some, but not right. Yeah, they haven't. So, and that's deep. fine. I'm ignorant about stuff. A and lot of ignorant. things. So, yeah. but a few things and a lot of a, f- things a few are, yeah. a few areas a of Man, obscure today, theology. Today at uh, the other day at sermon. Yeah. Uh, when you were asked, when you said, uh, man, I could just be a talker. I could just be a loud talker or just over talking or I'm annoying or something like that. And you're like, you were talking about, it, you go, yeah, it, you know, I don't think back, I said this. Yeah, you did. You're like back in the day I was annoying or I was this and I was that. And I'm, I'm no longer that, you know, but sometimes I can be at times and I just go, I wanted to from the back go, amen. Amen. Yeah, I don't that, you don't think you're accurate. That's a straw man. You're not accurately representing me. No, I'm accurately you, you representing. You are not accurately hey, representing what I said. Why don't you be the two people that listen to the sermon online? And, you know. Oh, man, lots of people listen to that. I'll tell you what, more people listen to those sermons and listen to uh, no. Soteriology 101. Tell no, you that. I can't Let's put up the stats. Stop. All right. No, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm half joking around because I'm just going to jump into it. All right, jump into it. I'm going to jump, jump into it. So um, Dr. Flowers uh, at Soteriology 101 uh, he's engaged us quite a bit uh, since we started the podcast. Maybe not immediately after we started, but at some point, I feel like he started to um, I, well, respond and engage. I don't, I out of nowhere. No, I think. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess out of nowhere. But I think it was more after uh, the what? What school is that? The one that's uh, Southwestern. South South. Oh yeah, the, Southwestern. What did we say? Uh, we were talking about how they. I can't remember now. Never. All right. So it was after Jimmy said after, something stupid. No, it was after Rick Patrick had spoke there, and students. Oh, okay. Were, so we that? engaged Rick we, Patrick, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That's when he started uh, engaging with so us. So Dr. Flowers um, is a traditionalist theologian. Dude, I love his setup for his podcast. Though I'll tell you that. Yeah, I've seen it before. All right. So um, I'm just saying I like it. What eh, you, know, you know? Give the man credit where okay. credit's due. Uh, we could do with less, uh, less, less. I mean, it's like it's it's his face the whole time. How about like uh, about some. Some uh, some like 
I don't know. Do you want our face? Pu- puppets. No, like, do like you puppets ma- coming in or something? I feel like he could do I feel like he could do more than just his face. Well, I feel like if it was us doing that, it would be our face and that'd oh, be yeah. an issue for people. Oh, no, so people, he's yeah. got the people, face because people would stumble. He's got the face that it, people you know, you could have that online. You and I, it's like Well, look, here's the thing. So, um we we he's engaged us uh and uh I you know, and sometimes he wants to actually it, it wants to try to have an uh, an online discussion or yeah, debate yeah, yeah. kind of a thing. And to be honest, Jimmy and I don't have time for that. We, uh, and it's always on Fridays. It's yeah. always on Fridays when I'm trying to get to Inbox Zero and Joe's day off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, it's just like, I don't, like, what, I, I, first of all, I don't argue online because I have real people in my life. I'm not saying that Dr. Flowers doesn't, but, like, I, I spend my time talking about this stuff. I'm fully invested in my church. So I really don't feel like debating things and online. About, yeah, and you only have 140 characters. So how do, you, how do you get, like, a whole, you know what I mean? So, well, here's the thing. Um so Jimmy puts up on Twitter this statement. The guys talk about, quote, bad Calvinists, end quote, and with a link to the podcast. And then Soteriology 101, that's uh, Dr. Flowers, he comes on with, question, weren't bad Calvinists ordained by God to be bad? If so, why are you, who are you to talk back to God by questioning how he has molded his vessels? Now, honestly, I thought it was a joke. I legitimately thought he was joking with us because oh, yeah, he's been yeah. friendly. Yeah, he's been, yeah, I thought and, it was a joke. And too. we joke around, right? We'll, we've been respectful. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been very respectful. Um, that's going to end today, everybody. No, no, it's I'm not. I'm taking off the gloves. Nope, it's not going to okay. end today. Um, but we've been very respectful and playful. And so I thought, oh, he must be joking. And so I was like, ha ha, oh man, please tell me you're, and I, yes, I spelled you are wrong. It's just, yes. Yeah, so, tell me you're joking around, Leighton. And then he said, before replying, please read this article to better understand our position and our question. I'm asking with respect. And I said, oh, I will find time to read the article. But your statement shows a lack of understanding for the reform position. Now, that's not the only thing he tweeted um, because he didn't uh, tag me in this. Um, but, well, did he tag Doc and Devo or no? You're saying- no, well, it says uh, – because some other people jumped in on there. All right. So here, here's all I see. I see, um, and I'll put up a screen grab. Uh, he says, he's, he's referring to, ha ha, oh man, please tell me you are joking around. And his response to that for his listeners at large is, when one has a good answer, he gives it. When he doesn't, dot, 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 this. And then he pointed And he to- pointed down to it. So, okay, so... I don't feel like that's very respectful, dude. I I honestly feel like that was a little weak. Um, I I have plenty of answers. I don't deem this sort of a thing worthy of much time. Um, and I well, actually on social thought, media, yeah. Uh, yeah, on social media. So I like all right. So whatever. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, I'm gonna address the straw man that you have created. Now, uh, the thing that um, that Leighton does is is he'll say frequently, "Hey, this is not a straw man argument." I'm just quoting from the sources. Well, and, and even that article that he posted, he he yeah, tries I'll, to I'll pre- link to yeah, that. He makes, we, yeah, he preempts that argument. Right. So he's like, "Hey, this is not a straw man." But look, Leighton, just because you say your straw man isn't a straw man, uh, that doesn't uh, make it an animated sentient being that's skipping down the yellow brick road out of Oz. Okay, uh, it's still a scarecrow. It's still a straw man if it doesn't accurately represent the views of Calvin and, um, uh, and the Reformers. So uh, in this article, uh, Leighton uh, pulls quotes about God's absolute sovereignty yeah. from 
uh, from actually from John Calvin and John Piper. He went with two Johns, uh, like maybe the oldest John and the newest John in, in Calvinism. And, um, and you know, Piper's whatever. Uh, he's certainly a Calvinist, a representative of Calvinism. But Calvin, that's definitely a good one for him to pick. Mm-hmm. So what we're, what we're dealing with here is, you know, his, his actual tweet, which is, weren't bad Calvinists ordained by God to be bad? And if so, who are you to talk bad to God by questioning how he's molded his vessels? In other words, if God determined in advance that you would be a bad Calvinist, then um, you cannot um, ask God why he finds fault with you. This is just the way that you are. And he links us back to an article which essentially says that we are, um, as Calvinists, that we don't be- that we believe that God is essentially the originator of sin. That yeah, he, yeah. he that that we are not responsible for the actions uh, that we make in this life that are are sinful. And so I wanted to uh, I wanted to, I wanted to make a make a distinction here. All right, go ahead. Okay, so the distinction is this. In, in his article um, called Disapproving God's Plan, yeah. um, he is saying that Calvinists shouldn't be able to be horrified by the evil actions of men because God has ordained them. And since God has ordained them for us to be aghast at what has happened, we're essentially aghast at God's plan. So the distinction I want to make is between the evil actions and intentions of men yeah. and the sovereignty of God. In other words, we have to make a distinction, right, between the, the sovereign decree of God and the responsibility of man. So in this article, what Leighton does is, is he quotes from Calvin a whole bunch. And I, it's great. He apparently knows how to use Lagos and to search for quotes um, because he has all of these quotes on Calvin speaking about uh, God's divine decree, his absolute sovereignty over good and evil, even sins and all of that. This is not a surprise. The Reformed tradition believes in this. Yeah. Um, we, in, our, in our confessions, in our catechism, we say things like, um, the decrees of God are his eternal purpose according to the counsel of his own will, whereby for his own glory he has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. All right, so we believe that. Like yeah. That's something that we believe. God is, or, has um, orchestrated all things for his own glory, and everything happens according to plan. And so that's fine. If you're just going to pick out those statements and leave it there, then you might be able to draw the wrong conclusion that we believe that people are just robots and they're not responsible for what they do and that we can't be horrified at the things that they do. Yeah. Um, but that's not all that we believe. Calvinists believe, yes, that God is sovereign over good and evil, and we believe that man is responsible for what he does. In fact, in the Reformed tradition, we talk about man being a free agent. Um, so let me just um, let me just read a, a couple of things here. I, th- I think that this will be helpful. Um, so we'll start with some Spurgeon. i got to so, put yeah, on my glasses. Sorry, which book do you have there? All right, so this is out of uh, Spurgeon versus Hyper-Calvinism, and... Uh-oh, I got a lot of bookmarks in here. Oh, here we go. All right. Here's a quote from Spurgeon. Yes, on divine sovereignty and on human responsibility. You've got to see both of them. Yeah, they got to be hand in hand. I believe in predestination, yea, even in its very jots and tittles. I believe that the path of a single grain of dust in the March wind is ordained and settled by a decree which cannot be violated, that every word and thought of man, every flittering of a sparrow's wing, every flight of a fly, that everything, in fact, is foreknown and foreordained. 
but I do equally believe in the free agency of man, that man acts as he wills, especially in moral operations, choosing the evil with a will that is unbiased by anything that comes from God, biased only by his own depravity of heart and the perverseness of his habits, choosing the right, too, with perfect freedom, though sacredly guided and led by the Holy Spirit. I believe that man is as accountable as if there were no destiny whatsoever. Where these two truths meet, I do not know, nor do I want to know. They do not puzzle me, since I have given up my mind to believing them both. Mm. So Spur- Spurgeon says a couple of things here. He says, one, I believe that God has ordained every single thing that happens in the universe. Yes. Every single thing. There is nothing left to chance. There is nothing left to our freedom in a way that is somehow outside of God's decree, his plan. But at the same time, he believes that we are free agents who do what we want to do, and we are not coerced whatsoever. Now, that's Spurgeon. I know some people are like, well, Spurgeon wasn't a real Calvinist or a strict Calvinist. Yeah, he was. Um, and the more you read of him, the more you know that. But uh, just so that we get to the straight dope, um, let's look at the Reformed Doctrine of Predestination by Lorraine Bettner. Uh, listen to this. How can a person be a free and responsible agent if his actions have been foreordained from eternity? By a free and responsible agent, we mean an intelligent person who acts with rational self-determination. And by foreordination, we mean that from eternity, God has made certain the actual course of events which take place in the life of every person and in the realm of nature. It is, of course, admitted by all that a person's acts must be without compulsion and in accordance with his own desires and inclinations, or he cannot be held accountable for them. If the acts of a free agent are in their very nature contingent and uncertain, then it is plain that foreordination and free agency are inconsistent. So what he's saying here is that um, he's raising this question. Lorraine is raising this objection. How can a person be free if um, and, and responsible if there is a, a decree that includes all things? Yeah. And so he says later on, the same God who, who has ordained all events has ordained human liberty in the midst of these events. And this liberty is as surely fixed as is anything else. Man is no mere automaton or machine. In the divine plan, which is infinite in variety and complexity, which reaches from everlasting to everlasting, and which includes millions of free agents who act and interact and react upon each other, God has ordained that human beings shall keep their liberty under his sovereignty. He has made no attempt to give us a formal explanation of these things, and our limited human knowledge is not able to fully solve the problem. So what what Bettner is saying is the same thing that Spurgeon is saying. I believe that we are uh, free to do what we want to do, and we will only choose those things that we want to do, and we are not coerced. That's the issue. We are not coerced to do something. And yet, every choice that we have made from the Calvinist position is foreordained by God. So in short, Calvinists believe that human beings are responsible for their actions and that God is still sovereign over them. So to say like, well, uh, you, you, you can't, uh, Calvinists, you know, they, they, they really can't be uh, aghast at what people do because they simply believe that God has foreordained that they do those evil deeds without recognizing that God's sovereignty over the evil actions of men, which we see in Scripture, by the way, uh, does not take away the, uh, the, the responsibility uh, of the person committing the sin. One, one more thing. I'll just, I'll just read from Burkhoff's Systematic Theology. Um, again, this is the stuff that if you want to understand our perspective, these are the kind of places that you should be going to. Man is a free agent 
with the power of rational self-determination. He can reflect upon and in an intelligent way choose certain ends and can also determine his action with respect to them. The decree of God, however, carries with it necessity. God has decreed to effectuate all things, or, if he has not decreed that, he has at least determined that they must come to pass. He has decided the course of man's life for him. In answer to this objection, it may be said that the Bible certainly does not proceed on the assumption that the divine decree is inconsistent with the free agency of man. It clearly reveals that God has decreed the free acts of man, but also that the actors are nonetheless free and therefore responsible for their acts. There's an illustration that Bettner uses in his book that might be helpful. And he says that God is like, God is like an architect, right? Okay. Now, it's an illustration. So it's not perfect. Of course, of course. Right. He says God is like an architect. And he has designed this cathedral that needs to be built. Now, it's a modern cathedral, so it's going to be ornate and beautiful, but it's also going to have HVAC. It's going to have, uh, you know, fog machines probably. You probably know, probably the, not fog. The, um, probably fog machines. Listen, it's oh, my... It, it's my it's my, it's my. Oh, I, did, I thought maybe it was Nick's church, so that's why. No, no, no. But if it was, then yes. Then yes, then fog machines. So. But for right. our, okay, fine, for let's our just say, church, no. Let's just, okay, for Nick's, just say it's Nick's uh, cathedral. All right. Nick Batzig, Presbyterian. All right, so the architect says, uh, here are the blueprints, and here are the plans, and here are all of the things that has to happen for this building to come into reality. So is my phone going off? Yeah, here it is. Sorry. All right. And so... By laying out this plan, what, what do we see happening on the construction site? All of these people doing very specific things. Correct. And they are all doing exactly what the architect and the planner has determined. And yet they're doing those things of their own free volition. You know, Bettner, I'm mean, oh, sorry, uh, I think it is Bettner. Yep. Bettner says it is similar to that um, in that we are free to do what we want to do. Uh, we are not coerced by God to do things we don't want to do, so we are responsible for those actions. And yet, at the same time, uh, uh, God is sovereign over it all. So He's the architect. Right. And what, what I would say is, is that, uh, and what all of these guys say, uh, Burkhoff, Spurgeon, Bettner, all of these guys would say the same thing. We cannot see exactly where these two realities meet. Right? We don't try mm. to reconcile them. They're already friends, Spurgeon said. Human responsibility and divine sovereignty. They are true. And we can understand them to greater or lesser degrees, but we don't pit them against one another. The Calvinist affirms both the free agency of man, the responsibility of man, and the sovereignty of God. The traditionalist does not, um, certainly not in the way that we would. And so the straw Calvinist is a misrepresentation of Calvinism and in this case, most recently, it has been uh, that we've essentially view uh, hu human beings as as robots, and that uh, Calvin uh, didn't believe that we were didn't believe that we were responsible that sinners are responsible for their actions. Yeah, uh, that's just not the case. We believe absolutely in in responsibility, and we believe in sovereignty. So I uh, get that off my chest. And um, why, why is he interacting with us anyway? I don't even know why. I don't even. I don't even know why Soteriology One Hundred and One is always talking to us. Like, <laughs> well, I I, we don't talk. It, to, we don't care. No, well, I think part of it is because uh, we're fun. 
Like we are fun. We are. We're. I don't. I don't feel like he's having fun. I feel like okay, he's all. Listen, he's all like puffing up and, I, and everything. You and I. Are, no. You. And no, I are man. Pretty, he's like. He's like no, mad dogging me. He's, he's mad dogging me on here. He is not mad dogging. He was you. mad dogging me on he there with that one not tweet. Mad dogging. Oh yeah, he was. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying that. You know, I think one, we're fun. You know, like people like to interact with us. People like to to talk with us. They want to. I don't like talking. Okay, but people, others do like talking to us. And uh, I, don't like I think secondly, there are some people, I'm not saying that, that this is Dr. Dr. Flowers, but there are some people that I've noticed that they like to tag us when they're promoting their material. You know what I mean? Like when they're promoting their stuff. Yeah, but uh, we're not promoting his stuff. No, I know that, but you know, people see it on the feeds if they tag in a certain way. You know that, oh, I know uh, that. Okay, so you're saying that Dr. Flowers no, I'm is, saying trying he's to, not. is trying to bump up his numbers because no. he's got a small following no, 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 and we got no, no. big following. No, you asked the you're, question. No, but that's what no, you said, right? No, no, no. I think you, you said that. Well, other people that might be Dr. The Flowers, I'm not that, saying that. That's, that's not Jimmy's argument. No, I'm not I'm saying that. I'm not sure saying you that. You asked the question, why do people talk to us again? And Dr. Flowers is trying to like bump up his numbers. No! There are other people that are. I can tell that. I can tell that. All right. So I got that off my chest as better as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's not the kind of thing I like uh, really getting into in this format. Plus, it's just cordial. I think that's the third reason why people want to actually engage in good conversation. Nah, but like him, like, like this is how a dummy responds. Like that, that's not cool. He man. did not Come say on. dummy. Well, that's what it. Meant. No, it did not. He doesn't have a good answer. That's what he said. This guy doesn't have a good Stop answer. Stop it. That's what it says. I know that, but it didn't say dummy. Okay, but it meant dumb. It did not. All right, you go on. Get a, what, what do you want to talk about? Okay, you you picked a straw man too. Now you you talk about your straw man. Well, I guess the the straw man that and Doctor Flowers is not talking about this, but others uh, I hear pretty often is uh, the Calvinist. Uh, does not believe in evangelism. They don't evangelize right. because if God is sovereign um, over salvation, then what's the point? Yeah, if God's chosen the number if of God's the elect. God's chosen the number of people, then they will come to salvation, so there's no point in uh, in preaching the gospel and reaching out to those around us. So Calvinists either don't believe in evangelism or they don't practice evangelism. Either way, because either way. of their... Cal- that's the straw man argument. That's and by the, the way, flowers, I think... Uh, has said in the past, like, no, 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 Calvinists do practice evangelism. Yeah, that's and, why I said it wasn't him. Yeah, I said others. Right. No, no, I'm just, I'm just backing no, no, you up. Quit, I'm backing you up. Quit making a straw man argument against oh. Dr. Flowers. No, you were, oh, you go need ahead. to stop. Go ahead. You, you need about to stop. Small followers. Go I did ahead. not say small followers. Right, go ahead. Stop it. All right. Anyways, uh, so I, I don't agree with that. I, I don't see that. Uh, I think history, uh, some of the great movements of, of, um, of the church, right? I'm, I'm trying to think of like the Great Awakening and things like that, right? right. Were were by uh, reformed leaning individuals, reformed, or full on reformed, full on sure. reformed churches, right? And so even Calvin himself. Oh, even, you're going all the way back. Well, why can't I? Well, you could, yeah, man, go all why the way back. I? That's well, good. I like right. that. Well, let's look at this. Let's look at let's look at uh, Calvin in one of his commentaries. His commentary. Hold on, where is it? Commentary on, on Isaiah. Isaiah, and this is looking at chapter. 2 verse 3. All right. So here's uh, Isaiah 2 verse 3. I'm just going to read it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So now here's here's what Calvin wrote on uh, Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3. He said, uh, Don't bother helping don't bother evangelizing don't, don't bother help people come to that mountain Thou shalt not witness just that, chill just chill yes okay no he did not say that uh here's calvin's words by these words he first declares that the godly will be filled with such an ardent desire to spread the doctrines of religion that everyone not satisfied with his own calling and his personal knowledge will desire to draw others along with him 
And indeed, nothing can be more inconsistent with the nature of faith than that deadness which would lead mm. a man to disregard his brethren and to keep the light of knowledge choked up within his own breast. So Calvin was a traditionalist? No. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's, I'm saying Calvin affirms the yeah. preaching of the gospel and reaching out to those around us. Oh, he, yeah. I, I love how you worded this here, right? Uh, nothing would be... Uh, nothing could be more inconsistent, inconsistent with the nature yeah. of faith than that deadness, that deadness that would lead a man to disregard his brethren. Yeah, that's not just listen to me. That's not just an argument against uh, a straw man argument. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're not just it, it doesn't just go against what the straw man argument is of Calvin is not evangelizing. That is that's actually a rebuke against. Those of us who are not reaching out to those yeah. around us, whether you're Calvinist, whether you're traditionalist, whether you're Baptist, whether you're Pentecostal, doesn't matter. Whatever it is, what is that this inconsistent nature of faith that the deadness which would lead a man to disregard his brother? So it's a heart what, issue what for Calvin. What lack of love? Yeah, that's what exactly What lack of it. love do yep. you have for those around you to not share the gospel with them? Yeah, your and faith I, is illegitimate, basically. That's it. And I, just that deadness, how cold you are. I think it's a selfishness. I think that's um, that's what I'm inferring here, and I'm also inferring it because I see it in my own heart. Right, right. A selfishness to not reach out. A selfishness yeah. to not put myself out there. But I think it even goes even further. A selfishness to you, you, we grasp the the beauty, right, uh, of faith. We we grasp the a understanding of our salvation is only found in Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. That without Christ's death on the cross, without him, without his salvation, we would be doomed to a justified yeah. everlasting punishment for our sins. Right. And yet we don't share that. We don't share that mm-hmm. with those around us. I was I think we've actually mentioned it uh in a previous episode when we talked about it probably was about evangelism, about uh Penn and Teller. Penn. Penn yep. is that Penn the tall one? Penn the tall one? Uh, yeah, Pendulette. Yeah. yeah, he was sharing. This is this is a uh, this is a guy that that is not a Christian, but he was he shared this story online about how this Christian came to him and, and gave him a Bible after the service. He was watching the show, he watched the, the show the, yeah. exactly. And so afterwards, you know, gave him a Bible, said, you know, uh, praying for you, yada yada, appreciate everything you're doing, and walked off. And uh, Penn was kind of reflecting upon this and thinking to himself, listen, this guy doesn't know me, but the act of love that the man has for me in not even knowing me to believe in to like, he believes that, wait a second, this is this man's salvation that he would be bold enough to witness to me and to reach out to me. And he even, uh, Penn even talked about if you saw a child standing in the middle of the road about to get hit by a car, would you not run out there to grab that child, to save that child, to rescue that child? It's the same thing here. And he actually says in that video, he says, if you actually believe in hell and don't tell me, you don't try to save me. Then you don't love me. That like you he, don't love he get, me. He, he he dislikes Christianity as a religion. He doesn't dislike Christians. He just dislikes Christianity yes. as an ideology. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love I love that account. Now th- listen, Calvin. He's not just talking. No, he's not just talking. He was a doer. That guy. He was a doer. I mean, uh, Calvin. Uh, not only he he trained and mm-hmm. uh, and supported missionaries. But, uh, by fifteen fifty five, they had planted five churches in France. In France, right? Yeah. In France. Few years later, planted there was about a hundred churches in France. By by was sixty two fifteen sixty two, uh, they had planted 
over 2,000 churches. So in the span of seven years, yeah. seven years, over 2,000 churches planted in France. And this is Now, this is not a guy that, that wants to reach out, I guess. He's yeah, not no, a guy that wants the frozen chosen, right? This is the frozen chosen. This, yeah. He does not believe. So it's not even. It's not only that he talks about it, but it's an actual. It, it's put into practice. It's it's part of the life of the church. It's right. part of what the church is called to do is to evangelize and spread the gospel. It, you know, you see it in Calvin. You uh, this the, this this Calvinistic this reformed theology giving birth to zealous evangelism. Yeah. Uh, you see it in uh, in the Puritan movement where they were supremely concerned about. Uh, about the soul, about the individual coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, you see it in the uh, in the 1700s with the Great Awakening and uh, Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield yeah. really leading the charge in, in much of that. Um, you see it in guys uh, in the 18th century, uh, guys like Asa Held Nettleton or uh, Spurgeon for crying out yeah, loud. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, we have... Adoniram Judson, William Carey, the founder of the modern missions movement, um, so many of of the these classic evangelists used by God were card carrying five pointers. We yeah, could say exactly, and uh, their Calvinism didn't cool them off; it lit a fire under their butt to tell other people about Jesus. To it gave them confidence. And we've talked about that before. So. You know, when you're looking, you're considering all these different kinds of Calvinists. The one that I think you want to watch out for uh, is the straw Calvinist. And if you're a Calvinist, you need to watch out for the straw Calvinist because that's the one that you're going to have to disassemble in the minds of other people. Correct. Because they're not going to understand you or your beliefs. They're going to believe this artificial, uh, you know, suit stuffed with. Uh, the the mm, hay yes, of yeah. guessing yeah. I don't know what it is and that was really good uh, I, was, I was trying to no, no, trying to fantastic. paint a picture no, trying to paint a picture here no no you um, nailed it. You I, nailed I, it. I shot all my bullets in the sermon today I don't have anything left you got nothing all my left. all my uh, creativity is gone um, so when you see that uh, you're going to have to identify what's wrong with it right so in the case of well Calvinists don't practice evangelism uh, well a Christians don't generally practice evangelism. We all need to repent of that, Calvinist and Arminian and everybody in between. Um, but historically, Calvinists love evangelism, championed evangelism, and I would say that most of the famous evangelists in history, I would say most, not all, are Calvinistic. So there you go with that. And then when it comes to the fact that, well, Calvinists believe that God is foreordained sin and, uh, and that's a part of his plan, so we have to rejoice in that. Like, that's not what Calvinists believe. That might be the wrong conclusion that you draw based on uh, you know, cherry picking certain statements out of uh, of a two volume work that you haven't read all the way through, but it is definitely not the argument that Calvinists would make. So you have to disassemble those things. And then I would say to those of you who aren't Calvinists, beware the straw man, because that's not going to help you understand a position that you disagree with. Yeah, read the guys. Read the original sources. Read the guys that are actually reformed, and then you can form your opinion on what they, uh, whether you agree or not with them and their beliefs. Yeah, and we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. You know, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head out to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email list. You can hit up the store. There you can grab the Reformation 500T or sign up for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. You got something on your mind. I have nothing on my mind. Yeah, I'm here tired. Goes. All right, here we go. Ready? What? Because I'm going to say something, and then you're going to say, no, or you're going to make up some excuse. Here we go. Okay. All right. Fresh Pod, every Monday and Thursday, 
blog posts on Wednesdays. So eventually again, yeah. Video content Fridays, except for when. Except for when. Except for when Joe forgets. No, Joe, no. you forgot. I it's did okay. not forget. No, it's okay. You took. The whole case. I, of, yeah, the of, case stays with me. No, the case stays with the stuff. No, it doesn't. Yeah, that it does. case does not. You you have I to never, do... Listen to me. I never gave you possession. Yeah, of, you did. No, 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 no. I left it here after I brought it in. Yeah. No, that is my case. I, That's my But case I had that case that holds that the SD case cards. I had it in there because here's the nope. thing. When I do video, nope. I have to have audio and video. That's I have right. to have two so SD cards. So you got to get another video card or another SD card. And I need a case. No, you don't need a case because there's a, in your side, in the one case that we already got you has splots yeah, or slots for it. Those are very good. No, point we don't is, need to waste right, money on you, that. And Either way, you forgot. Give it's me fine. the D&D card okay. and I'll go buy that I don't stuff. trust you with the card because then you, you go always buy go over me. budget. Buy it for me, secretary. Because you go, go. you go over budget buy all it. the time. Chop, chop. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>